0: There's a mitzvah in the parsha. It's a mitzvah called minui melech, appointing a king. The posuk says that when you come to the land that Hashem gives you, you take possession and you dwell in it, and you say, I want to appoint over me a king like all the nations, all the nations around me. You shall appoint over you a king. Hashem will choose, right? amongst your your brothers, you appoint on yourself a king, etc. Now, there's a problem that the Mephorshim ask over here. Since there's a mitzvah to appoint a king, why in Sefer Shmuel were the Jews criticized when they came to Shmuel Anavi and they said to Shmuel Anavi, we want a king? Oh, that's one of the answers they give. Right, good, good. So we have to see what is the difference. What is the difference? So first of all, you have to ask a question before that, which is the three mitzvahs that the Jewish people commanded and they got to Eretz Israel. The one was to appoint a king. The second was to destroy a Malik, And the third was to build the Besamekdash. Neither one was done immediately. And obviously under Yeshua and all the leaders that followed, obviously there was no, there was a reason why we shouldn't make a king yet. right? So the question is, why not? If the Torah says make a king, you should make a king then. So, what is the nature of this mitzvah? And also, you can ask, what is the purpose of a Jewish king? What is a Jewish king supposed to be? Just a means of government? Means of running a country? You don't have to have a king for that. And what would you say to people today who all believe in democracy, right? We, we less believe in democracy, I think, <laughs> in South Africa. But the, the vote is, right? Everyone who does that. So, what, what, what's chat? So, we started with the following Rav Miller asked a very important question. And this is important for us in today's time, and that is throughout the book of Shef and the book of Judges, which is about four hundred years of time. Right? We didn't have a king. Why not? And he explains very simply: <coughs> because if you have a king in charge who forces the observance of Torah, what happens then when you lose the king? Yeah, yeah the Torah doesn't become oh, okay. Now the cat's away; the mice will play. Hashem specially did not want a king for that time said we should learn to serve Hashem without coercion of a king, without someone forcing it upon us. We had judges, we had basins, but we didn't have a king because we needed to crown Hashem as king. And there's actually a piece like that. When I think it was um, Gidon, I think it was Gidon, who after he had conquered right, our enemies, so they wanted to make him the king, and he says, Hashem is the king. Right? Well, what do you mean? Hashem is the king. So what? No, the Tvotez is, is that you need to learn that lesson properly to serve Hashem without being coerced. That's the uh, number one. So now, with that in mind, when does Hashem actually want a king? When it's someone who is a natural outgrowth of the Jewish people's lifting up of ruchnias. Once they've reached a certain level of what should we call um, you know, self-motivation to serve Hashem then they can now take a king who Hashem will choose and he will drive them to the next step. But the Jews had Shmuel Navi. The Jews had Shmuel Navi. Who was Shmuel was The apostle con- compares him to Moshe and Aaron combined. That's how great he was. He opened up a channel of prophecy to the world which created, says the Gemara, 1.2 million prophets. And we're going to say to Shmuel Navi, we don't want Jew, we want a king. Obviously, it's not for the serve purposes of serving our kodesh Baruch the way we should, like Ivan's saying. Right? So now, what did the Jews think when they appointed a king? So the Ramban brings down that people had different reasons. The zakanim, the elders, they wanted a king who was going to impose the Torah on the people because they saw weaknesses. The Amaratim, the Ignoramuses, wanted a king who was going to fight their wars. Right? That's gecholagayin. They wanted someone who would be powerful and strong, who would, uh, you know, instill fear in enemies, and that they felt would be more productive in terms of of safety, protection, etc. There's a diuk. There's an inference they make that when they asked for a king, they said, uh, "Give lonu, give to us a king." Whereas. In the passage, it says, Soim to send point over you. What's the difference? We want a king, but the king's going to have limits as to what he can do with us. (laughs) The passage says, name. The passage says, the king's going to be over you. He's going to be on top of you. He's going to be in charge of you. Why, taka do we want a king in the Torah? Why is that an ideal? Because he's supposed to mirror and give as a tangible example how we're supposed to treat HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When you have a king over you, there's no question of not doing something. You have to do it. If you disobey, you can be killed. You're supposed to give him honor, and you're supposed to look at HaKadosh Baruch with honor, with covered, with trepidation, with awe, with responsibility, with duty. All the things that we don't have today when it comes to government. Right? It's a reality. We don't have any of these things, right? When there was a king, there was no papers and media trashing him. It was not shaykh. So the vote is for us, is to remember the principle of "Soyim tosim Aleichem Melech. Now we're in the period now, beginning with Elul, on this Wednesday night. And we have to start thinking of ourselves, Soim tosim Aleichem Melech. We need to appoint upon ourselves Hashem as our king. That we need to be dutiful, we need to be responsible, we need to be self-sacrificing. Unfortunately, in today's time, everything is about what suits me, or what's going to be easy come, you know, then I'm going to go with that. Or a classic Yetzorah in today's time is the king is dead, long live the king. You know, people who will listen to every rov who's dead, but no one is alive. That's for you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right? If the Chofetz Chaib was alive, yeah, yeah. But at the time of the Chaim, you would have been different. You would have trashed the Chaim then as well. It just happens to be that it's convenient to say, you know, he was so great and he lived back then. And what about today? We've got to have someone in charge of ourselves. Soim tosim alecha melech. Now, what's difficult in the Pesach, Rav Hirsch asks, is the Pesach says, you should point upon me a king like all the nations. Now, this isn't what the Jews requested here. This is what the Torah says. What does the Torah mean when it says you shall, you know, appoint a king like all the nations? So the Ramban says it's a, it's, it's a, a nevu, it's a prophecy of the future that this is the mistake the Jews are going to make. The difficulty with that is, but the pasuk still state that in the, in the mitzvah. So Rav Hirsch explains something very beautiful. What was the purpose of a Goisha king? The Goisha king was there to run the country and to run their lives, to guide them, to better their lives, to fight their wars, to take care of them. On the physical scale, our king is supposed to take care of us in the spiritual world. Just like the Gaisha king has to be so careful he's got to sit and work with his government and his ministers and what's going to be better for the country and everything. That's how our king has to work in Ruchnius. And I think it's Rabbi Yisrael brings down. The Sefer Shulchan Gavohah says there are two main purposes that the king fulfills. The one is, of course, to judge the people, to make sure they're not doing a virus. The other one is to notice their chesreinus, to notice what's lacking in them, and to address those weaknesses. Because let's face it, anybody who addresses any weakness in us, straight away we put up a defense mechanism. We don't want to hear it. Right? But the king, if he says, look, the, the nation needs to be strengthened in this area or that area, they're going to listen because they have to listen. See, so he also has to be finger on the pulse to see where and what areas the Jews need to be mechazic, need to strengthen themselves on. So the says, is that Kodesh Bachu is our king. And he's guiding us, and he is, and he is addressing us all the time. We just got to hear it. He had a beautiful master this week. Yes. Uh, so, uh, the people who criticized for asking for the king, we said the Sephanian ones uh, from a Torah perspective. Yes. Uh, wh- wh- why are they being criticized? Very good, because they had Shmuel and Navi. Yeah. I say At that, the end right? of the day, if you've got Shmuel and Navi, you know, it's, it, 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 it's a big ray asset to ask for anybody else, because you ain't going to get anyone like Shmuel and Navi. No one. As great as Shaw was, he wasn't Shmuel and Navi. That's the problem. you, gotta Navi, you still got to listen to Navi, and he was the leader, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Shimon was He went round from town to town, the people. It's a beautiful story I heard this week from uh, Rav Melech Biderman Shlita. He tells: There's a bungalow colony. You know, now it's the bungalow time in America. Everyone's going away, and uh, bungalow colony in America, in the mountains, and the family decided to go for a walk and the in the day. And the father decided to stay home with the, with the with the kid, the baby, and he's at home. And all of a sudden, he hears this buzzing sound. And you know what that buzzing sound means, heavy buzzing. And he sees a swarm of bees come right into the place. So, of course, you a know, swarm of bees comes in, he grabs the kid, and he gets out very quickly. So he waits outside, he's waiting for the bees to go, etc. and then the family comes back. They ask what's going on over here. He said, no, swarm of bees came in, so the mom says, let me come inside. So she goes inside, the bees have left, but she smells something funny. What does she smell? Gas. Gas had leaked, and he had a blocked nose. He couldn't smell the gas. Now, what happens if you're in a place of gas for too long? You can almost choke, right? That's very, very dangerous. I remember in Yeshiva, there was, a, there was a rov that had a gas leak in the whole house. They all ended up in hospitals, not posh. Yeah. So what did HaKadosh Baruch Hu do? Hashem said, I don't want you to, to, to choke. So I'm going to send the bees. The Zedra when he saw the bees, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Oh, it's such a bother. I'm on holiday. This should happen now. I'm outside. All right. What was the Kodesh Bachot doing? He was sending the bees to save him. That's what the Kodesh Bahu does. Sometimes it's through prickly things. Sometimes it's through hard things. It's through stabbing things. But at the end of the day, it's the Abishta who sends it. Right? And the Kodesh Bahu is guiding us. He does that also informing us and molding us. As well. When Hashem sends this person, that person, etc. You know, I know uh, of a who one time he made a terrible error in, the, in, the, in his job. He made a terrible error. And he felt like very small because he knew he was wrong. But then he comforted himself because he realized, oh, HaKadosh Baruch. <laughs> you're knocking my gaiva. <laughs> you're hammering my ego. Why did you do this? You know, it, it wasn't a mistake that was malicious or it was totally out of out of sync. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu was knocking his his mm-hmm. ego and he realized that and he thanked Hashem. He said, thank you, Hashem, for the opportunity that you're giving us. So let's make HaKadosh Baruch Hu our king. Thank you. Right. Right. Do you think there is a difference between the Nandim and the Hasidic? Is much more than the Baruch Hu themselves to the world? It's a good question. It's a good question. Ed. So, yeah. so the, the, the truth is, it's a very good point. The truth is, it's a very good point. There, there's a. If you look at Kovod at Torah... Svaradim in particular have tremendous kavod to Torah for their rov. I remember once Rabbi Yosef was in a car and he arrived somewhere and he couldn't get out the car for an hour. Mm. People were crowding around him, etc. But, and the Hasidim also, there's a tremendous kavod to Torah. Now, the vote is the two things you have to be aware of. Number one, it needs a bitle, it needs an absolute subjugation to the rov. But at the same time, you have to... Have your own chidusha at Torah. You have to give your own chelik of Torah, right? And the problem is, is that in each approach you have weaknesses. If it's all about your chidushim, then you could end up saying, well, I don't need the rov, right? And if it's all about the rov, you could end up squashing your own uh, uh, contribution. So you need both. You need both, Amaisa. But you're right. I mean, ultimately, in terms of where we have to be in the Litvish world, you're encouraged more for you. And in the Hasidic world, it's about the Rebbe, but you need both. You need both angles, both aspects. That's the truth. I'll tell you the advantage of the of the of the of the uh, approach of the individual approach of yourself is that you yourself will develop yourself, and you'll feel that connection to Hakadosh Baruch mm-hmm. The other approach is the work of Emuna Pshuta, simple Emuna. Right? The Rebbe said, so that's how I treat Hakadosh Baruch Hakadosh says, and that's it. I'm not making hashbonas and accounts and everything. I'm a believer today, we have to have a mahalach, you've got to associate with one street, but you, you learn from everybody else. That's what I think.